0: Hi, it's Greg and Lucky, and this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed.
1: Yesterday, I almost had myself a heart attack
0: in a Uh-oh. parking lot. I was at the uh, grocery store. It's not good. You were wearing a heart monitor and taking it back yesterday. Well,
1: yeah, I, I need it back. So I was uh, I was at this grocery store, and... Um, I was uh, pulling out of my spot, and I uh, and as I'm pulling out of my spot, backing up, I look out my rearview uh, mirror, and I see a woman pushing a shopping cart, so I stop and let her do her thing and pass. And then uh, I continue to uh, swerve out, and as I uh, swerve out, and I'm kind of, you know, on that, that kind of angle in the middle of the uh, the parking lot in, the, in my lane and ready to spin the wheel and straighten her out and go, I just do a quick glance out of my my window on on my driver's side, and just, like, beside the car, there's this same woman, like, down on the ground. Oh. And I thought I had hit her. I thought, like, what the... But she was just down on her knees, and then I... So I stop, and I have a complete, like, my heart goes into my throat, and I realize she had had a newspaper or something, in her shopping cart that the wind had taken. Oh, uh, like so a she flyer. Was, she was just bending over, picking it all
0: up. <laughs> did you scream at her? I just, <laughs> no, I ran her over. I turned around and I hauled her down. Open the door right into her. I just, I, you know what I did? I will sniffed her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, that was my afternoon. I went home and had a, a long slug and a lie down. Uh so he has released his uh, his long apology Will Smith uh to uh to everyone yeah. well you know the apology he should have given right before his acceptance speech if he were to be allowed to uh, to have one uh, since he was allowed to have one um and and uh, you know to to really apologize to everyone there, not only to the Academy, but to all the others mm-hmm. uh, who accepted awards and and uh, have not been talked about since, uh, and, of course, to Chris Rock himself. Now, he may
1: be doing this to try to head off some potential consequences oh, of course, because yeah. uh, the Academy has already condemned what he did and they're exploring possible actions against him. SAG, the, uh, the actors' um, um, union, is is looking into things calling his behavior unacceptable and could have
0: disciplinary action. Well, I read that last night, and, you know, someone saying, yes, you know, the Academy Awards are looking into, you know, what possible measures to take. One could be uh, taking back his award, Mm. which, you know, (laughs) someone pointed out, Harvey Weinstein has, like, 85 of them still. So if that's conduct unbecoming, of a uh, of an actor, yep. then you know there, there's a slippery line to, to toe there. Uh, whether or not he's invited back next year, because remember the you know best actor comes back to uh, award. I believe the best actress award, right? Mm-hmm. So um, you know perhaps uh, not ha- not inviting him back next year to or not allowing him on stage again to uh, give out that award might be one of the punishments. Uh, Howard Stern had an interesting take. He said, of course, how he wasn't
1: ejected, he doesn't understand that security should have removed him, that they shouldn't be handing him an award. If students uh, get expelled from school for this type of thing, we arrest people for this type of thing, and yet... We hand him an award. Apparently
0: there was a meeting in that commercial break with the the directors very quickly to discuss whether or not they would uh, excuse him from the building.
1: And I guess I had mentioned yesterday that I had read that uh, Chris Rock had apologized backstage, but it turns out that they have not met uh, face-to-face since it all went down. And the first that Chris has heard from Will Smith is uh, through this apology. Of course, he had to go out to the clubs and the parties and dance all night, so he looked really upset about the whole experience later in the evening uh howard stern went on to say it would have been interesting if a badass like the rock or jason momoa were up on stage making that joke uh, if that's... tough guy will smith would have gone up and slapped no, him
0: that that slap doesn't happen in no. fact uh who was it mick foley the, the wrestler yep uh he it was the one who said if it was the rock who said that joke and not chris rock then that doesn't happen mm-hmm. and it just shows that was the act of a bully Oh
1: yeah! Look, Will Smith has got to be six two, six three, maybe taller. He's a big guy, and and Chris Rock is about five seven and one hundred and fifty pounds. He's a tiny dude, right? Uh, Charlemagne the God, you know this guy? He's a he's a he's a radio, yes, TV, yeah. television television uh, personality. Uh, pretty. He's got a, a talk show like Trevor Noah. Uh, very smart, and he makes an interesting observation about it all. He says, if you've ever read Will Smith's book, which just came out last year. He said it's a terrific book and very interesting, sold millions of copies. He talks in the book about how he felt like a coward his whole life because he watched his mother go through domestic violence with his father. He says, I wonder if he felt like he's been taking so much stuff and people have been coming at his family for years if it just ended up bleeding out on that stage that night. So that's an interesting take. Everybody's going to have a different uh, opinion. But we will see what happens. More shocking footage. You didn't realize this. Uh, the uh, the moment when Lady Gaga and Liza Minnelli were on stage she, together. She, Lady
0: Gaga was fantastic.
1: She that. slapped Liza Minnelli.
0: Right. It was brutal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hearing about uh, Eugene Melnick passing away. Only 62 years old, owner of the Ottawa Senators. And when I think back to Eugene Melnick, he reminded me very much a lot of the time of of Harold Ballard, where he always (laughs) seemed to be in battle with somebody. Yeah. You know, he was either uh, in a punch-up with the Ottawa Senators fans because they believed he was too cheap and wasn't spending enough money on the team, or didn't he also get into it with Don Cherry over the Ice Dogs and Mississauga and all that at one point, because he bought the Ice Dogs and <sighs> sent them to St. Catharines? He, he,
0: bought, he bought the Toronto uh, St. Michael's right. Majors uh, team and moved them to Mississauga and then forced the Ice Dogs, well not forced the Ice Dogs, but the Ice Dogs then moved to St. Catharines. Right. Uh, but he, he changed them to the Mississauga St. Michael's Majors uh, for a while there did now, he squeeze, the Mississauga Steelheads. Did he squeeze Cherry out of it? I, in the I don't next know if event? he squeezed Cherry out of it, because I don't think Cherry was was still the owner at mm. that point, um, uh, but I don't. Uh, I don't think. Uh, I'm not sure whether the, what the mm-hmm. connection with Don and, and Eugene were. But I, I agree. That I think all owners probably have miffed fans here and there. And I've been looking through uh, you know, Twitter and social media. It's a lot of the, the Senators fans. Uh, and kind of looking for their reaction today. Mm. And for the most part, I think they're all thankful that he kept their team or mm. saved their team.
1: Because he threatened to pull it out of there if people didn't buy tickets,
0: right? Well, at one point, and and listen, he owned the team, he owned the arena, he owns the Sensplex facilities around there and managed them as well. You know, the Belleville Senators, where he, where he moved mm. to Belleville to have the farm team closer to uh, and improved that arena, in that area. But... You know the logistics of that arena being in Canada was always an issue, mm-hmm. um, and and it was part of the reason that they had trouble sometimes drawing fans uh, to it. Um, and, and there's always going to be that kind of you know disgust between ownership and fans. I don't think you know Leaf fans had any sympathy for Senators fans who cried about ticket prices. Right? Um, you know we can go see a Sens game for twenty five bucks mm-hmm. uh, up in a in a. Pretty good seat, even though up in the second row, uh, or I sit on the glass for 110. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh, it was one of those things where it, he was always, yes, in battle with it, but he was also in battle with the mayor, Jim Watson, who kind of released a statement saying, hey, we didn't always agree eye to eye, but he wanted to win mm. and wanted his senators to win in Ottawa, wanted the team there, and he was committed to winning. He was a passionate owner who wanted to see his team win, but... You know, listen, you don't, you don't get rich writing checks. He, no. he wasn't going to just spend frivolously.
1: No, and uh, and it's funny, too, that people would complain about the arena being in Kanata, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes out of town. Listen, we got an arena downtown. It takes more than that just to get to there. So right. You know, and I think the parking around the Kanata was free for a long time, yeah. too, right? I mean, you know, it cost, cost you more to park here around the Air Canada Center than it would have cost you to go see a senator's game. Uh-huh. But anyhow, uh, passing at 62, all the money in the world, living down in um, Barbados. He had had a liver transplant a few years back. 2015. Was that when it was? Yeah. yeah. And he, um, But, you know, listen, for all the kind of the arguing and the fighting he seemed to have with, with people over the years, he was also a very generous man. He gave uh, boatloads to all sorts of different
0: charities. Yep. Uh, and, very philanthropic. Um, he helped... Uh, The St. Joseph's Health Center, uh, Help Us Help the Children, St. Michael's College School, which he was uh, his alma mater. Mm. uh, Also founded a a school for pre-kindergarten to grade 10 students in in Barbados, where he was a resident. Um, He also was very giving to the Army and a military supporter of that. He was an honorary colonel Mm. in the Canadian Armed Forces, uh, donated equipment to uh, to, uh, soldiers in Afghanistan and went to visit them. Uh, as well, donated hockey equipment so they could play out on the tarmac. Uh, That'd be fun. As well. Hockey
1: yeah. gear outside well, listen, in they,
0: Afghanistan. They did. They played. And and, uh, and so, yeah. And it's just, you look at it and you say, wow, you know, 62. Mm-hmm. Uh, a billionaire had, had, you know, seemingly everything, but money can't buy mm-hmm. your time. Well, rumor has it, and I don't know if this is true, but it te- seems that his health deteriorated
1: after he heard you pl- do the play-by-play. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Really took a turn in there.
0: <laughs> so, You're yeah. really taking his whole uh, speak out to your coworkers workers <laughs> to heart today.
1: Family, uh, Melnick family, saying they're not releasing an issue or right. any statement at this time, but uh, lawyers
0: are looking into it. I so. didn't call the game last week. And Welcome to Rock
1: Mornings. As Lucky just alluded to, this uh, criticizing coworkers. workers a study found we should be doing more of that. We should be criticizing criticizing co-workers and nobody likes to criticize anybody unless you're uh, uh, you know relishing it a bit of a jerk but because most of us hate any kind of confrontation and feel
0: like we're being rude I'd say most people are more prone to go throw someone under the bus to management oh, sure. before they just you know speak up to a co-worker directly. I've thrown you under the bus and
1: driven the bus myself over you. Put it in reverse. (laughs) Oh, I felt it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Now, when we say criticism, we mean constructive criticism. You know, sharing with somebody, hey, here's a way you might be able to make this easier. Do it this way. It'll make your life and my life easier. That kind of thing. You know, do it in a nice way. Like, say, hey, have you ever thought of changing your face?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or careers? (laughs) Have you ever (laughs) Ever thought
1: of a different line of work? Leaving the want ads (laughs) (laughs) on their desk every day is a good way to do it are you a someone who likes to have the lights on during sex off during sex or do you have no preference whatsoever sex experts recently conducted a survey on the lighting during adult playtime and they compared the results to a similar survey they did about 10 years ago a quarter of people like to mess around with the lights on. That hasn't changed much in 10 years. Um, but today, many want the lights off
0: compared to 10 years ago. Things might not have changed in their world in 10 years. I think if a lot of things have changed in our own physical <laughs> conditions oh yeah, yeah. in 10 years. That might dictate lights off. Oh, yeah, it can't be dark enough.
1: Right. Like whatever, Whatever dark is... I got to go one more step <laughs>
0: over. And black hole dark kind of thing. <laughs> Listen, if I if, if the situation arises, I'm so happy that it's happening. <laughs> I don't have time to put lights on or spotlight the bed in that scenario <laughs> or darken out the blinds either. Yeah, I'm not stopping it
1: to adjust lighting. I don't need Maria looking over at me and I got an expression like a dog eating cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to see this old face. <laughs> That'll throw you off your game. No, actually, here, here's what I think. I'm moving forward what I might do just as spice I'm going to light it up like the Air Canada Center. <laughs> yes. Like Scotiabank Arena. <laughs> just go to, go to full LED. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got a film crew. You know the big lights they use on a on movie sets? Yeah. I got that behind me. Right. I got a mining helmet on <laughs>
0: <laughs> was looking yeah. for
1: a man in a boat <laughs> he drowned <laughs> lucky having in the news that uh parts of our main highways that had been upped by 10 kilometers to uh, uh, 110 are, are going to stay like that which really just means now people will go to a 130 because we seem to like to do about 20 or more over on most occasions i even admit to uh, mostly doing them between a 130 to 140 on most major highways, usually kind of hover around there, and it seems to be keeping the pace of traffic.
0: Uh, for the most part, probably, if you're in the outside lane doing anything less than that, you're probably slowing someone down. Mm-hmm. You know, I, for most people who just commute across the top of the GTA uh, for most of their day, uh, this will not affect you whatsoever. Mm-hmm. None of those highways are directly in uh, the greater Toronto area, or at least the 401 through that stretch, because... Well, there's no real point. I think ninety percent of the time you can't get to hundred and ten if you True. wanted to on those roads. You know, there's a there's a
1: side of me, especially when you see like the uh the express lanes for two people in a vehicle, I got them on the four tens. Or the HOVs. The, the HOVs. I mean I like that. I think it's all terrific. I, I've often thought that those should be a kind of an Autobahn-esque kind of a lane where speed limit is your choice. The problem with that is that in this country, so many of us now just don't think any rules are in place for us. Right. That we just do what we want to do. You know, you see people all the time. You're only supposed to go into those lanes when you've got the broken up uh, white uh, markers. And people don't care. The, the double lines are there. People drive in and out of them all the time. Yeah. Do they whatever we the want. Oh, yeah. Whereas in Europe, and the other thing, too, is that, that in this country, you know, the laws are so murky and odd and uh, convoluted that, If you if you are caught doing two hundred kilometers an hour up the four ten in the H O V lane, then who knows what kind of penalty you get or don't get? Whereas in Europe, and I and I've heard this from a few different sources, you know, if you get onto the uh, autobahn or you're on one of the uh, the highways in big parts of uh, Italy, where you can basically go the speed you want to go, if you. Wipe out a family of four doing two hundred and twenty kilometers an hour. There's no coming back from that, right? You know, the the rules are in place
0: that so will let you be an adult and you can make adult decisions. But if you screw up, you're done. Yeah, and and I think that's yeah. always the argument as well. Oh, let me let me decide what I want to mm-hmm. want to do. But the problem is, is that there's other people's lives at stake mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to that. It wasn't that long ago. A couple of weeks ago, I was on the on the four hundred one, and I was just merging on and uh, and. There was a bike that was doing probably close to 200 mm-hmm. at the time, weaving in and out and going in between oh, yeah. cars on the road. And listen, I'm not trying to say this is indicative of all motorcycles. No, you know, and it does drive me nuts when you know you get a watch for motorcycles. Well, they should probably watch out too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand, you know, that uh, the odds are not in favor of the motorcyclists, so you know, do take care yep. to take an extra look when to, for them. But when you see people who are being just absolutely reckless Mm. um it's it's frustrating because that is why we have these rules in place and because some people just need them uh to be reminded that you can't be an idiot out there
1: and it is listen it's just the way technology and time goes on and and there was a time when cars couldn't get past 100 kilometers an hour that's kind of What they were built to do. There was a time when, if your car even hit 100,000 kilometers on its engine, it was considered done. Right. You know, things have improved. Cars can go incredibly fast and do amazing things now. Uh, And so our speed limits and technology have not uh, gone in sync. You know, I... I could never imagine going out and buying any kind of real high-end vehicle, because what, what, for what reason? <laughs>
0: for what reason? Roll around in third gear. Yeah, doing doing sixty everywhere. Right. Well, and it is crazy too, because I don't feel that. You know, when you're going a, if you're going a hundred on the four hundred one, mm. right. You're still getting there. And uh, although it doesn't, you know, if you're forced behind someone who's doing 100, it it feels slow, but not crazy. But if you're on a city street, um, you know, there's parts of it was like 40 or Mm -hmm. 50. When you're stuck behind someone doing that, Mm. like, it feels like you're crawling. Like you get out and walk fast.
1: Yeah, it really does. I I have to admit, even even 100 on the 401 to me just seems like you're just, if you ever sat at 100, put cruise control on, at 100 on the 407. It feels like you're crawling. <laughs> Here we come, Markham. Markham's almost... Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I read a thing the other day. There's a woman, of course, with the gas prices being what they are, giving tips on how to save some money at the pump. And and one of the things they, she was saying, first and foremost, is get your foot off the pedal. You know, yeah. the amount of gas that you can save by doing 100 kilometers an hour compared to 130. It's amazing. And uh, her tip was... And she did an experiment. Where I think she drove she drove across the entire country like Vancouver to Halifax or she might have gone Toronto to Halifax. Anyhow she it must have been Toronto to Halifax. She did it with like only four tanks of gas. Wow. Yeah. Because she uh, she drove like she had a big bucket of water on the back seat and she okay. didn't want to splash it. Yeah. So it's all about just smooth and smooth. right. Not the fast stops and the fast yes. starts and making lefts burn more gas than making rights. So, and I don't know how or why, but um, maybe because you spend more time in the intersection trying to make your left, I'm not sure, or maybe you pounce on it sometimes to, to make the left. Yeah,
0: maybe you go faster.
1: Yeah. Anyhow. It's, it's not just as sharp
0: a turn, so you're going faster. Perhaps. Of course,
1: it takes me an extra hour and a half to get home now because I'm making nothing but rights. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go through. I got to go down. Through. You it finally hit me. Bowmanville. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I- you had to loop through. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you love bread. Who doesn't love bread? Even I know, even if it's, it's, it's not good for you, the carbs and all of that. But man, oh man, you can tell just looking at me that I love bread a lot. <laughs> 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 I love it a lot. Um, anyhow, a bunch of people, like 30,000 people were asked uh, about their favorite bread. And I was, I think, surprised by this. Sourdough, number one. <sighs> really? Maybe it's because of the pandemic. People were trying to make the sourdough a lot at home. Right.
0: I White don't think bread. I've ever requested sourdough.
1: No, no, I don't. Th- I mean, I've had it. It's good. Right. White bread is second, then uh, whole wheat, followed by cinnamon, raisin, rye, and then pumpernickel. Really? I haven't had the cinnamon, raisin since I was a kid. I mean, I, I liked the flavor when it was toasted and the butter. Just the damn raisins got in the way.
0: Well, you know me. I, yeah. My texture changes. Mm-hmm. There's no way I can, I can do that, with cinnamon, raisin. Um,. Uh, it, uh, now, with the keg, when they is that a sourdough bread that they it eat? It might be. A sour loaf they bring be. out? Who cares? It's warm with whipped butter. Yeah, it's so good. And I think that's part of it, too. Most times when we eat bread, we're taking it out of the bag and popping it into a toaster. Very mm-hmm. rarely do we get, you know, fresh bread put in front of us. Yeah, last night when I made dinner,
1: I added uh, these uh, Pillsbury, I think they're called like flaky buns or something. They're like your Pillsbury uh, crescent rolls, but they're, they pop up like a muffin, And uh, and I made them last night. And oh my gosh, they're in the oven for like 15 minutes. They come out perfect. They're nice and hot and smoking with the steam when you put them on the table. You crack them open, put some butter inside of them. It's
0: lovely. <laughs> I made love to that bun. How much butter did you put on there? It look like a, a layer of cheese. Uh, a brick. <laughs> a brick. Um, I'm no. so guilty. Yeah. <laughs> like the butter is a is a, a nemesis of mine because I'll put it on and I'll I'll lather it. Oh, on yeah. there and yeah. both sides too. If you're having like a a baguette. Yeah. You cut a slice of that. You'll do the hard yeah, side I'll and I'll, the. I'll do the the the, like the regular side. Yeah. Right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll butter one side, the yeah. top side, and then if there's extra butter on the Knife. Oh yeah, I'll put it underneath.
1: Doctor Downer, He's
0: calling. (laughs) He's he's calling. (laughs) Yesterday, Adrian stopped me. She's like, you know, we really have to, you know, narrow down and. Start eating a little cleaner as, as I was making my way to the basement with <laughs> ruffles and I'm, I'm a hell of a good dip in my hand. <laughs> Now's the time you picked to say you yes. Ruin it for I me. know I should be eating better, but I'm yeah. about to have my guilty pleasure. Um,
1: I've become big on the rye uh, toast. Oh, really? <laughs> a, well. You're always big on the rye. Now you just added bread yeah, to the I mix. One in both hands.
0: <laughs> rock Mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9, Ooh. The Rock.